Look at my butt. Show number 226 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Hello! Hello, listeners, and once again, I'm going to apologize for it being a, a, a half a show last week. I really don't know what happened. We recorded a whole show, and my half of it just disappeared, and I thought I, I could put up um, Kitty's half, just her talking for the first <laughs> half, but I don't know. That might not be so enlightening, but it might be better, actually. It might be better without me. Well, and just to warn you all, apologies in advance. My poor computer is, is really not well, I don't <laughs> think. And uh, I was having a lot of sound trouble, so I restarted. We seem to be okay now. So everybody, fingers crossed that we can actually complete <laughs> the show. I know. It's like fighting against all overwhelming odds. But you know what? We can beat those odds. We can. And I don't like to lose, so <laughs> just just to tell you. Okay. Anyway, so we're briefly going to go over the stuff that we talked about in the, the show that disappeared, the yes. first half of it. Um, so number one on the list, and I just want to make this number one, is that there are Star Trek cosmetics from MAC, from MAC. Mm-hmm. And I think we'd mentioned this previously, but they finally uh, started putting out some real information and I had found a really good makeup blog and the woman who posted these things showed like all the packaging and she showed some samples of the different colors Mm -hmm. and everything just looks so beautiful and shiny and shiny (laughs) everything is really shiny there's like tons and tons of glitter in it which is Mm -hmm. pretty awesome so once again I am impressed that they took something that could have been really Trek crap. I mean, this could have been what, like wet and wild sort of cosmetics. And they made it beautiful. The packaging is black and it has all the the Star Trek chevrons in silver and it has Mm -hmm. a 50 in there and it just, it looks really kind of space agey. And then they gave all of the different cosmetics clever titles like the uh, four different kinds of lip gloss are called Warp Speed Ahead, Set to Stun, Con and number four is Pleasure Planet. Ooh. <laughs> so they obviously, you know, they had some fun with this and they look really kind of cool and beautiful. And I found one lipstick in here, which is appropriately called Where No Man Has Gone Before. And it's this very nice sort of light pink glittery shade. So when I come see you soon, we're gonna go to the Mac counter and I'm buying that lipstick. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. Um I was reading some of the comments, and Mm -hmm. um, the one that that is cracking me up is someone says, I want Mac to do a DC Comics Justice League collection. (laughs) What would be the difference? Just put Uh, different names on. Names, exactly. I mean, why would you need different colors? No, it would be the same. Yes. But um, anyway, these are really beautiful. I'll put the link in so everybody can see what they look like. But yes, we are definitely going to go to the cosmetics counter. And maybe we can get them to like put some of it on us without actually buying it. Although I do want to buy that lipstick. We could, uh, well, uh, you know, we could ask them to do a makeover. <gasps> a just Trek, with this. Just with this Star Trek crap. Ooh, Ooh. That might be good. All right. Let's, let's see if we can talk them into it. That'd be good. That's all beautiful. And if anybody out there happens to love makeup and wants to buy some themselves and try it on, we'd love to see it. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Okay. That was number one. Number two was there is a beautiful trailer for Adam Nimoy's movie For the Love of Spock, yes. which uh, they released right around Comic-Con time. And you should all watch it because it's it's just lovely. I mean, everybody's been saying this is a wonderful movie and he interviewed all the right people and it really tells a story and it's not just a, you know, a hagiography making him out mm-hmm. to be a saint. It's a real look at a real person and the character that he created. And it comes out when you're here. Yes. So we get to see it together. Here's the other thing. While I was having sound trouble and was trying to get things going, I had that playing on YouTube. Mm-hmm. If you let YouTube continue, it plays the next trailer, which is even <gasps> neater. Oh, cool. I didn't realize there was another one. There Excellent. is another one. This one's called like trailer one. The mm-hmm. other one's just called trailer. But um, yeah, just let that one keep playing. The second one comes oh. up. 
That's wonderful. You can also pre-order it on iTunes for when they release it on iTunes. Oh, and it costs, okay. Uh, Twelve ninety-nine. I'm at the actual website, which is for the love of Spock.com. Yes. So I, I am very excited to see this. I think it's going to be great. And of course, Bill is in it, and Bill has some very nice quotes in the two trailers that that they've yes, put out so far. Yes. Yeah. So that's going to be great. Okay. The third thing is that. Um, I think I've talked a couple of times before that on Facebook there's a group for the Roddenberry Vault, which has been mm-hmm. really interesting. And every day they put up a new photo or a story or you know something about a piece of Star Trek memorabilia that hasn't been released before. So they revealed at San Diego Comic Con that there is going to be a Blu-ray release that is a years-long endeavor to recover lost and cut footage from the making of the original Star Trek series, never-before-seen clips from the production. And it's all from Gene Roddenberry's personal collection of clips and things. So it's taken them years and years and years to put this stuff together. There are deleted scenes, there's documentary stuff, there's commentary by all kinds of people, um, omitted dialogue, original special effects, alternate takes of things, and insights from people like William Shatner, DC Fontana, David Gerald, lots and lots of other people. So this is only going to be on Blu-ray, and there are several documentaries included on it, plus 12 classic Star Trek episodes in high-definition Blu-ray, um, chosen for their relevance for the vault's lost and unseen material. This going to be fantastic. Oh, my God. And so it's coming out at the end of 2016. It doesn't say exactly when. It sounds like it's probably going to be a Christmas thing. Yes. So I'm getting that, for sure, because <laughs> that looks great. I mean, it that, does. That is, it's exactly the kind of stuff where it's like, I really really want to see this especially if it's in blu-ray and everything is beautiful and restored mm-hmm. and it's not you know crappy hundredth generation you know like xerox copies right yes, where you can yes. barely see what you're supposed to be looking at yep. i am excited i am very very excited okay all right now so that was half a show in five minutes <laughs> believe it or not we talked more about those things we did uh when it was happening Okay, let me go on to the next thing. Where's my list? Oh, there we go. There's my list. Okay, so there is a video which is on Vimeo right now, which I actually had posted a link on our Facebook group for, and it is a six-minute video of the restoration work that they did on the model of the the big model of the Enterprise that's in the Smithsonian, the one that they used in the show, the actual one in yes. the show. So they just recently finished a years-long restoration of the model, and now it's back on display. And so they put together this video, which is, I have to say, if you are interested in this kind of stuff, and you should be, sit down and watch it, but but really sit down and watch it with the music because it's very carefully done. And the music that they use is from the first movie. It's from Star Trek, the motion picture. And it's from the scene where um, Scotchy and Kirk are in the shuttlecraft and are flying around the ship. So it's the Star Trek theme music that became TNG's theme music. Oh, wow. And so matching that with with all these scenes of them doing the restoration, it actually kind of got me choked up a little bit. Of it was course. Like just watching it and, and seeing the people, because, of course, they're real museum, you know, conservators, mm-hmm. taking the time to, to painstakingly fix it and repaint it and put the lights in and do all the other stuff that you do when you're doing a proper restoration. It's amazing. And yeah. then to see the final result and how beautiful it looks. It's just incredible. So I heartily recommend that you all go and look at this. Like I said, it's on Vimeo, and I put the link up for it. There's no voiceover narration, so there are some captions showing you when they're oh. working on specific parts of the ship. But it's it's just a visual story, and I, I love it. So it goes from the beginning, they take it apart, they, they redo each part, and then slowly they put it all back together. And then <laughs> you see it at the end with all the lights blinking and the engines going and... It's just amazing. So I'm so glad that the people in the Smithsonian had the foresight to get the model and have the model and then put the money into restoring the model because something like that could so easily have just been thrown onto the trash heap, right? Mm -hmm. The series is over. We don't need this anymore. You know, like the shuttlecraft, right? They just kind of left that out there. It's amazing how much stuff actually survived. Yeah. So that that was just a delightful thing. So you should all go and watch it. Okay.
Okay, and I have one more thing. I'm like dominating this first half. I know, of the show. and you're like, <laughs> you know, it's uh, carry on. All right, I'm gonna do one more thing, and then uh, we will we will slow down. I just want to make sure we get all this in without this turning into a two-hour show. You know? Okay, okay. So the other day, I came across a link on Twitter to a wonderful review of Galaxy Quest. We like, love Galaxy Quest. A new review of Galaxy Quest, one that uh-huh. was just done recently, and it's by a guy who does a show called Movies with Mikey, his his web show, and uh-huh. he talks about movies that he loves. And they're not meant to be, you know, criticisms of it. It's mm-hmm. more like, here's a movie that I really, really love, and here's why. Mm-hmm. So here, here are the five or six reasons. And... He does a great job of breaking down exactly why Galaxy Quest is such a good movie. Like, not just that it's funny, but why it's funny and why it really rises above the level of your standard either genre movie or your standard comedy or your standard, you know, in-joke geek type movie. Why it's better than all those things. And it's it's really good and he's funny you know it's it's yeah. got a lot of internet joke and stuff in it but he's a really perceptive guy and i completely agree with all of the different reasons you know the way he breaks it down to show that it's it's kind of a lot of the things that we've always said about galaxy quest that it it takes itself seriously enough but not too seriously mm-hmm. there's a story and it matters to the characters yes before my sound crapped out mm-hmm. um i was trying to watch that and I did, you know, at the very beginning, he's talking about whether it's comedy or drama, mm-hmm. there has to be something at stake. Yes. Something real at stake. And I totally agree with him. And he was saying he considers it a comedy classic. And when you really look at, okay, what does make a, a classic comedy? It's definitely there. It hits all mm-hmm. the buttons. It absolutely does. It It's a movie with ambitions, mm-hmm. right? It, it feels big. And he talks about the aspect ratio changing, which you had mentioned in a, yes, a show before. Yes. And that it really tries hard to be the thing that it wants to be. You know, they, they don't skimp on things. The special effects are really good. Mm-hmm. The characters are great. You know, all of the performances, every single one of the actors is amazing. They're Yes. my word amazing but they really are amazing and you at know? the end it's not a dream it's not a dream <laughs> it everything really is true. happened so it's real so it, it's it's worth it and of course watching something like that made me want to watch it immediately like yes. oh this movie is so good i need to watch it again but it, it's a, a really nice look at it from the perspective of someone who really loves movies so not mm-hmm. someone who just loves star trek but someone who has seen a lot of movies appreciates the art and the craft of making a good movie. Oh, I'm going to watch yeah. that after after we do this because, like yeah. I said, I didn't I didn't get to watch many things because the sound was having a freak out. Yeah, and it's that and sounds it's great. It's it's like you know six, sixteen minutes long, but he packs a lot into it. And he he said a thing that I hadn't really thought about consciously, but of course, once he said it, I was like, oh, of course. And he said part of the 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 wonder of the movie is that all of the people in the movie are the opposite of their characters, right? So Oh yeah. So so Captain Quincy Taggart is like this, you know, everybody he's like Captain Kirk. Everybody loves him. He's a great leader. He's smart. He knows what to do. But in real life, Jason Nesmith is a guy whose life is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes him. You know, he's completely not in control. He makes bad decisions all the time. Yeah. And it's the same for, for each of the characters, you know, mm-hmm. that they're like, um, uh, Alexander, you know, his character is supposed to be this unemotional, completely logical person. And then in real life, he's this like drama queen actor. Yes. You yes. know, so I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it's true for each one of the characters that they are the opposite of their, their yeah. Galaxy Quest character. So that was cool. I yes. really like it. So everyone should watch that. Yes, I, I plan to. Okay. Okay, I think I've gone through all of the things that I meant to do. So, would you like to talk about something from your list now? Oh, my list, my pitiful little list. Um, I would like to. Um, I want to talk about an event. I turned on the TV, and it was, uh, you know, I'm surfing looking for something to watch, and History and Icons was showing Conscience of oh, the King. Yeah. So I saw like the last half of it. And I was just going, what the fuck? Um, 
Conscience of the King is not one of the episodes I've watched a thousand times because it's not Mm -hmm. one of my big favorites, but it's Mm -hmm. a good episode. It's got a lot of good stuff in it. But I swear to God, um, there were scenes that I either have never seen before (laughs) or vaguely remember having seen maybe like once, but I think are one of the things that got sliced out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I want to tell you and our listeners what those things were. Oh, please. And yes. you guys can kind of, you know, verify for me, that's always been there. You just weren't paying attention. Or, no, it's been years since anybody has, has seen that. Okay, the first one that was, uh, that I sort of came in and, I don't know how long it's been going on, but it was in Kirk's quarters, and there's mm-hmm. Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and Kirk is yelling at Spock, <laughs> saying, um, I don't want anyone butting into my personal affairs, even if it's my first officer, and McCoy says, Jim, he's just trying to, and Kirk says, I know what he's trying to do, and and they're arguing, and you know, then it, it sort of gets back to the, the scene I remember or that I've, huh. I feel like I've seen more often. Then the scene where Kirk goes to, um, what's his name's headquarters, uh, room, quarters, mm-hmm. um, to, yeah. to get him to do the voice print thing, right? Uh-huh, there uh-huh. is this long discussion between the two of them before they get around to, I want you to read this. Hmm. And I'm just going, wow, I, I don't think I remember that. So, you know, and because different stations cut different things to make room for their commercials, those of us who have, you know, remember first watching it, you know, when it was in reruns and things, um, frequently have different versions mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. of what actually happened. And I remember once on uh, one of the groups we were on, Killa saying, tell me if I'm imagining this. <laughs> and it was an in, uh, a thing from... Um, a mock time uh-huh. where Kirk says something to Spock, like, I'll get you to Vulcan somehow. And of course, I remember that. And a lot of people going, yeah, yeah. And others were going, no, I know. What? What are you talking uh-huh. about? Uh-huh. So I'm, you know, I was wondering, is this on the newest, re- not what's coming out of the Roddenberry vault, but I mean, on, on the newest Blu-ray or where did Heroes and Icons get this stuff? Or am I just nuts? I don't think you're nuts. I think they probably did get it from those Blu-rays. So I have those Blu-rays, but I have not taken the time to sit down and watch them. Yeah. They they must they must be the same ones. And what did I watch the other a couple of weeks ago we watched it and unfortunately on my I have Comcast here. Mm-hmm. Um the the station does not come in really well for me. I know that's weird to say when it's all digital, but there's a lot of breaking up of the signal when there's like fast motion on the screen. So it's very oh. hard for me to watch it. And I noticed this in all of the series. So I actually did the thing that I threatened to do a couple of um, shows ago where I said, wouldn't it be fun to sit down and watch like a TOS and a TNG and a Voyager and, a, mm-hmm. and an Enterprise? And I actually did that. Um, and it reinforced my belief uh, that Enterprise was a terrible show. <laughs> <laughs> for one thing <laughs> but I think they must be the Blu-ray versions of it so I will bring Conscience of the King and we can sit down and watch it and uh, I, I'm trying to remember like as you're talking I'm trying really hard to remember Kirk and Spock Kirk yelling at Spock in his quarters and that just doesn't I don't know that doesn't ring a bell for me well and here's the other thing it looks fantastic, much oh, better course, than anything yeah. I'd seen. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't changed the music. It wasn't different music, but it sounded different. It was, I don't know, clearer or richer. Mm-hmm. And now I'm starting to think it's the Heroes and Icon Station because I left the TV on and TNG came up. And their music sounded better. Mm-hmm. They, well, they did a lot of remastering of TNG, so it may be true for those episodes also oh, that they're okay. using better ones. This, this was just, it had me going... What? That's great. Yeah, so I really want to watch the 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 the, the Blu-ray version of Conscience of the King, mm-hmm. uh, okay. especially, but also bring our favorites. You know, bring Mirror Mirror and <laughs> and Where No Man and mm-hmm. uh, 
Dagger of the Mind. Okay. So we can watch those and see if there's other stuff we never saw or that we I, saw once I, and forgot, you know? I have no problem watching all of those things over <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to I, twist your arm. <laughs> I promise. Absolutely. But yeah. listeners, have you been watching on Heroes and Icons? Are you having this experience? Um, or do you clearly remember, oh, that's always been there? Because like I said, Conscience of the King isn't one of the ones I've replayed over and over. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I, I think we'll definitely be able to pinpoint things like in Mirror Mirror or, or mm-hmm. one of the others that we have watched, you know, dozens of times. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a, a strange and wonderful experience. Yeah, that's awesome. The uh, the way they're doing things on, on Heroes and Icons is just a little strange because after my mega dose of Star Trek, mm-hmm. the very next thing that was on was 21 Jump Street. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is weird. This is really weird. And there's Peter DeLuise, later to be the dad on Wizards of Waverly Place, <laughs> and Johnny Depp and, and Holly Robinson and all them. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel so old. I remember watching this when it was actually on. Oh, that's okay. Oh, man. But, um, you know, the episode of Enterprise that I watched was not good. Uh, it, it had a very um, predictable plot, and I knew within the first 10 minutes, they, it was a whodunit. So within the first 10 minutes, it was really obvious who had done it. It was, like, oh. Oh, it was that guy. I knew yeah, that, so there was yeah, no tension. Yeah. But interestingly, it was an episode um, that had the time police in it. <gasps> <laughs> I got all excited. I was like, "Oh, it's the, the time, time cops!" Police. The time but it was, cops. It wasn't. It wasn't the funny time cops oh. from um, tri- tri- trials uh, and tribulations. trials and tribulations. Yes. Yeah, it was. Oh. It was another guy who was, you know, sort of amusing, but he wasn't. He wasn't like the dragnet guys who yeah, yeah. were in Deep Space Nine, unfortunately. But yeah, I was like, "Oh, time cops!" <laughs> so that was cool. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And so there was that. And then on the episode of Voyager that was on before that, I'm, I can't even remember what the plot of it was, but it was bad. Well, you know, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not interested enough in Voyager to do any research, but if somehow I were to find out that they were showing the one where Janeway and Dumb Tom turn <laughs> into slugs, oh, lizards. lizards, I would watch that in a minute because <sighs> when I first found out there was such a thing, I was going, okay, now the, the, the whole. Um, ask them group here is just putting me on because there's no way anybody put that on, but they did. Oh, it's man. like their Spock's brain, I guess. Really? Um, I also forgot to mention, speaking of um, things in fandom that became real, uh, I <laughs> yes. read, because I have not seen Star Trek Beyond, but someone online said there's a very extended uh, sequence with Spock and McCoy uh, trapped on a planet. Uh-huh. In a cave. In a cave. <laughs> <laughs> that has distinct homosexual overtones. Well, two of men trapped in a cave. Where I else know. could it go? I know. It was so funny when I read that. I was like, ah, they oh were my, in a cave. Oh, my God. In a cave. I know. <sighs> so that was hilarious. Okay. Yes. Good. Now, you know, because it's the 50th anniversary, mm-hmm. there are articles like left and right, oh, you know, yes. the, 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 the 20 best episodes of all the Star Treks and the 20 worst and the, you know, things you never knew and, and all this stuff. So, you know, there, if you uh, are on the Internet and have, I don't care what it is, what website you follow or, you know, um, guns and ammo, they're going to have an article on it, all of them. So just be on the lookout for for those things. Some of them are kind of fun. I'm not getting into any of them right now here on the show, but, you know, they show up and that's fun. Mm-hmm. But I do want to read you something that's in an actual magazine. Oh, please. Okay, so uh, it's Entertainment Weekly, which is Yay. a magazine I actually like because they actually talk about people and things I'm interested in. And um, they they put this in like maybe it's a feature, a regular feature, but I've never seen it before. So I don't know. But it's called Watch This Slash We're Sorry About That. <laughs> okay. And the idea is it is an interview with Bill and Henry Winkler. Oh, good. For the show, right? For the for show. The, for Better yeah. Late Than Never. Uh-huh. Oh, and that's coming up real soon. But anyway, I'll get to that. But the idea is here we allow Shatner and Winkler to sell you on the series if they each apologize for a dubious project on their lengthy resumes. So they get to talk about the show, but then they've got to say, okay, I'm sorry I did that. I apologize for people. <laughs> okay. So here's Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, 
Imagine four disparate or disparate and desperate guys stumbling through Asia in various degrees of consciousness. <laughs> and then imagine all of us talking to each other, against each other, and over each other. I had a bucket list. Eat crickets, get in the ring with George Foreman, catch uh -huh. a pass from Terry Bradshaw, and have Henry Winkler make me laugh. To various degrees, I did all this. Of the unimaginable array of things people eat in this world, we assessed several of them. Chicken vagina has a certain taste <laughs> that the French sum up extremely well in the phrase, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> I kept saying, why am I doing this trip? And then the answer came loud and clear, because Henry Winkler was. And in another thing I read, they've, they've known each other for years, which I never knew. So, um... Then, does, it, does it say how they met? No. Oh. Then it's, uh, it goes on, and uh, it, or Henry Winkler is then talking, and he says, you know, I taught Ninja Warriors, an entirely new movement. And, uh, and let's see, he's talking about food. We had cow penis soup in Hong Kong. Well, I had very little of it. Bill, I think, had seconds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the apology. <laughs> Uh-huh. Bill says, okay, Shatner, first it's giving us background, Star Trek V, Final Frontier, okay. Um, Bill says, I got the chance to direct a several million dollar movie, Star Trek V, and I did not get the help I needed in allocating my budget. So when it came to shooting the ending, needing a good villain and lots of computer graphics, I had run out of money. Sorry about that. Then he laughs. I had to use footage that I had already shot and spit on a lot of it. <laughs> I wanted to give the audience earth-breaking granite monsters spewing rocks and fire. Instead, I had a few pebbles in my hand that I threw at the camera. <laughs> and uh, uh, surprisingly, Henry Winkler's sorry about that was not jumping the shark. <gasps> oh, come on. It was this 1994 Fox comedy called Monty. Uh. I never heard of it. Starred Winkler as a brash, ultra-conservative talk show host. Never heard of that. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, there was that. There's a, there's a couple of pictures, and it, it's just a fun little thing. But here's the thing. The show comes on August 23rd. Oh, that's so soon. I, I know. I thought it was later. Okay. I thought it was like in the fall, but it's yeah. August 23rd, 10 p.m. on NBC. Yeah, I, I think we probably mentioned that before, but I was uh, taken aback by the fact that it's on a real network because I, I just assumed it was on, like, TLC or, mm -hmm. or one of those other stations. So, uh, okay, cool. Okay. August 23rd. So okay. uh, the fifth guy who's with them, the younger one who apparently is supposed to be like holding this whole thing together, is a comedian named Jeff Dye. Yeah, I saw that he was a comedian. I never heard of him. I so. never did either. So this is his big break. Yeah. Or imagine in 50 years, it's his sorry about that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> imagine him trying to cope with them, with that crew, that crazy, crazy crew, especially Bill. Yes. Who is a loose cannon at all times. At all times. Um, I did love the little clip somebody had posted where where they were dancing with the crowd. And Bill oh, really yes. only does have one dance move, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. so that that's kind of cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bill. Speaking of Bill yes. and all the things that he is doing, do you want to talk about the Red Sox thing now or, or do you want to Let's uh, take, take a, break. a break? Okay. And then we'll come back and talk about Red Sox. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com and leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com and please visit us at the Look At His Butt Facebook page. We're back, right? Yes, we are now back. Here okay. we are. Okay. Um, our good friend, Captain Ho, mm -hmm. sent us this video of um, Bill throwing out the first <laughs> pitch in Fenway Park. Now, this was just the other night. I heard nothing yeah. about this coming up. And Bill looked 
great. He did. And the funny thing is, he, he threw the pitch, and it didn't, you know, go, like, mm-hmm. straight to the catcher. It bounced, and the catcher got it. So Bill goes up to the catcher. You know, there's no sound, but he, you, know, you can tell he's saying, give me the ball back. <laughs> and so he does. Bill. And then he pitches it beautifully. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was like, I'm William Shatner, and that is not how I throw out a first pitch. That, that was a fluke. Not- that is not acceptable. That's I am right. a goddamn captain. I have to get this over the plate. That's right. And then you came up with, <laughs> they were giving out Kirk bobbleheads. These little tiny dolls. And now, um, I found out through a quick bit of internet research that this is a collection from a toy company called Titans. So uh-huh. this is the Star Trek Titans collection. And they announced it at Comic-Con. They're not available yet, but they will be, I think, for Christmas. And so at this particular ball game, they made a special Kirk one wearing his tunic, but it, it has a red socks on it and yes. it's got a number on the back. So that was a like a preview that only certain people got at the game. Mm-hmm. And this was, Bill was in town for Boston Comic-Con. Comic-Con. Yes. So this is why this all came together. But the picture you sent me, <laughs> he looks, great picture? he's cross-eyed. Yeah, it's not a great likeness. <laughs> it's not likeness. even Bill the cat. It's both of them. <laughs> it's not a great likeness. Although I do like this picture, which is very nicely taken and, and well-framed. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a good picture. So that's the thing. It says Red Sox, and then the number on the back is 66. Oh. Because of 1966, yeah. Okay. So I thought that was good. So I will definitely put that picture up so people can uh, see what it looks like. The rest of the figures, I'm looking at it now, and I'll I'll put a link to this page. Mm -hmm. It's the Where No Man Has Gone Before collection. Some of them look like the people, and some of them really don't. So, like, the McCoy one actually looks pretty good. Uh The, The Spock one looks pretty good. The Scotty one is amazingly good. The Rand one doesn't look like Rand at all in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the the Khan one kind of looks like Khan. <laughs> the uh, Pike in a wheelchair pretty much oh looks like God. Pike in a wheelchair. They did them all, yeah, like, didn't they? Why? They did a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's see. Um, estimated in stock date is mid August 2016, but I don't think they're quite out yet. Okay. Okie dokie. So funny. So that's another piece of Trek crap you can collect. Yes. Another toy that you can collect. Okay, and uh, another thing I have, uh, this yes. showed up in my Shatner alert, is this um, article that was in Parade magazine. I, I, I looked at it, and the thing that you said was, it has a great picture, and I completely agree. That's a beautiful picture of him. I know. It's like, wow, who who took this? <laughs> and it's not even really heavily airbrushed either. No. Like, it must. I guess this is his new official promo picture and it's it's a lovely picture and his hair looks really good and his eyes are very much alive yeah um, yeah it's it's great mm-hmm. so let's see um it's promoting of course um whatever that show is called again uh, <laughs> better late than better never. late than never mm-hmm. um so they said what made you want to join these men on this trip I've traveled before under the sponsorship of a movie company, and they leave no stone unturned to make you comfortable. This was different. They wanted me to go to the countries I'd never visited before and without the amenities. Terry Bradshaw and George Foreman are athlete heroes of mine, and Henry Winkler and I have known each other a long time. So I felt a series of adventure. Let's see. Um, so they ask him what he's doing, you know, about 50th anniversary. He says, I'm doing a lot of personal appearances for it. It's a phenomenon. It's a unique thing in show business that this show that had mediocre success when it was new has become an event that has never happened before in showbiz history. The 50th anniversary of a show that barely made it through three years. Do you still raise horses? I not only raise them, I breed, train, and compete on them. <laughs> had to get that in. I had to get that in. But here's what made me laugh was it reminded me of the time the Spinal Tap guys were on uh, the old Colbert show. Uh-huh. And um, the one – speaking of Spinal Tap, I have some news. But uh, uh, Chris Guest – Mm-hmm. Um, was saying that he now breeds miniature ponies. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I, I breed them, and um, I feed them, and I eat them. And <laughs> the other two guys just had to turn up stage and laugh. Oh, God. Because It was funny. He, he, he expounded on that. I don't know if it was on that show, but I mm-hmm. saw later that he talked about the difficulty in finding uh, jockeys that were oh, small enough to yes, ride the horses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the news, though. Before I forget it. 
Chris Guest, for the first time in 10 years, has a new Chris Guest documentary coming out. It's called Mascots, and it's about sports mascots. Oh, wow. It's got his usual people in it. Wait, here's the biggest thing Chris Guest is playing once again Corky. (gasps) Corky! Corky from Waiting for Guffman. Wow, that's a long time. Oh, I just cannot wait for this. And it's produced on Netflix, so we'll all get to see it for free. Oh, that's fantastic. I can't wait. I, I can't know. wait to see I it. I know. That's going to be great. Oh, I, I hope Higgins is in it because I would love he to is. see him. He um, is. <gasps> I forget what he's playing, but I know Jane Lynch and one of the other regulars are like the sports commentators. Oh, great. And um, yeah, so <sighs> I, I'm pretty sure Higgins is in it. I just saw a little thing on but when I saw he was reviving Corky, I just jumped up. I was so happy. That's wonderful. Because oh, I love that Corky is so, great. so much. <laughs> you know, I just have to tell you that the night that you and I went to see Mighty Wind Live was yes. one of the most fun evenings I ever had. I am so glad that we made the effort to go and do that. Uh, you know, and when people, every now and then I'll meet somebody who also likes his, his movies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always bring up Mighty Wind Live. And I'll say, I saw it when they toured it. And they went, what? He toured And I feel like, yeah, it's this amazing thing. And yeah. we did it. We had such a great time. We did. It was so funny. I just remember we were singing and laughing. Yes. And it was it was great. It was just so good. Yep. I was thinking about it for, for about just that, just the other night when, when the the one guy sort of played a little bit on his guitar of mm-hmm. Norwegian Wood. This was the new song he'd written. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of something you might buy at Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, so that's that what's going great. on in, in that other little world we inhabit. But um, so, yeah, really, uh, let's make sure and put the link up to this parade article because this picture of mm-hmm. Bill is so, so gorgeous. It really is. It is wonderful. Yeah. 100%. Before we dive into uh, uh, the last big topic, unless you have some smaller things, I no. feel like we, we knocked off most of them. I just wanted to briefly remind people that we're going to be at the Chicago Creation Con yeah, soon. We it's been pushing really, that really very hard, have we? <laughs> and uh, I'm looking at the page with all the events and things on it, which has some good stuff. Um, our plans changed a little bit, and it turns out we actually got tickets for the whole weekend. So we're going to be doing some stuff on Friday night as well. Yes. Not just Saturday when Bill's going to be here. Uh, this is great. So the page for the attractions and events says... See one of the world's greatest entertainers live on stage. <laughs> okay, sure, he's one of the world's greatest entertainers. He is. He is as moving and hilarious as ever and celebrating the 50th anniversary of the iconic Star Trek. Well, it's priceless and only happens once in your area. Will you be there? Of course we will. Of course we will. So, you know, that's what's really funny is this whole th- thing doesn't even have his name on it. it that's all it says oh my god that and is then, too funny and then it's just a picture of him <laughs> so it never actually mentions his name all right okay that is great um they're going to have an audience participation event scheduled for saturday that's focused around star trek discovery doesn't say what it is but we'll go to that because uh-huh. that could be really good Friday night is the Star Trek Rat Pack. So it's the Las Vegas nightclub act starring all of these different actors from the series who I guess are going to be singing Frank Sinatra songs. Um, they've done that before. We've Have never they? We've never gone. But, um, okay. Yeah. So maybe. I don't know. It might be fun. Uh, and then there's going to be, <clears throat> excuse me. There's auctions, there's a costume contest, there's the karaoke party, there's going to be a little tribute to Leonard Nimoy. Uh, of course, the John Tenuto lectures. Yes. Uh, he, and he, he has three. And we've been in one. contact with him. So mm-hmm. we will be uh, getting together with him and most likely doing another interview. Yes. That's so going to be great. That'll be great. Yeah. His three uh, lectures are called 50 Years of Star Trek, the original series Collectibles. Oh, good. The next one is a 30th anniversary tribute to Star Trek IV. And then the last one is 50 Years of Guest Characters. <gasps> oh, those all sound good. They sound wonderful. So I want to see all of those. Yeah. And then there is a music video competition, trivia contest, and of course, the vendors room. The so vendors room. There's going to be just tons and tons of stuff happening. Uh, Bill is the big attraction for Saturday. There's still no schedule set, so mm-hmm. who knows when any of this stuff's going to happen, but we'll be there. We will be there. We will be podcasting. I wouldn't be surprised if we did 
because we have a lot of things going on that whole week if we did several podcasts. and I think we have to because we're going to need to watch episodes and talk about them. There's a bunch of Bill stuff that I've been accumulating mm-hmm. to watch, like episodes of TV series and other things that we just never got around to And seeing. I want to watch Pigs in Space. <laughs> that won't take too long to go through all of those. You know, we can find them on YouTube or something. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah that'd yeah. be great. That will be because once that was brought up, I went, "Oh yeah, I have to see all those again." I know. It's <laughs> so long. Okay, so let's now, if you are ready, dive into the very important subject of Star Trek Discovery because. This past week, Brian Fuller divulged a whole lot of information about it, including one giant thing that he is sort of a revelation, but it's a huge mystery at the same time, and I think we need to talk about it. Of course we do. Okay, so I'm just going to very quickly go through the the big reveals, which most people have heard about, but if you haven't, this is big. This is real. This, this is, is big. This is big, and this is real. Yes. Okay, so it will be set in the Prime Universe. Hooray! Yay! It takes place 10 years before Kirk's five-year mission. Okay. Okay. So this, I spent a lot of time last night actually tracking down what he said to make sure, because people were like, what if he means 10 years before Kirk is born? Or what if he means, what if he, you know? No, no. What he actually said was, it's 10 years before Kirk starts the five-year mission. Okay. Okay. Um, This takes place... um, well, I'll save this for last because oh. that's the most important thing. Okay. Um, it's going to have a female lead. Yep. The female lead will be human, but won't be the captain. Probably yes. a lieutenant commander. So that's interesting. That is very interesting. Uh-huh. The first season will be 13 episodes. Uh, we'll probably have a few more aliens than you normally do in a Star Trek cast. So that's cool. We are having a gay character. Hooray will be serialized but each weekly chapter will feature a closed end story so it's a big story arc but there are stories within that so that's cool that's good uh he says discovery is set so close to the kirk era that we can play with all the iconography of those ships and those uniforms now what does he mean by that the iconography I think what he mean. I, I <laughs> again. I spent a lot of time last night um, <laughs> on the internet. This I was watching the Olympics, but not really. And okay. so I was just like looking through all this. I think what he means is that the design of the ship, like the interior of the ship, the br- if it's on the bridge, the bridge is not going to look exactly like TOS. Uh huh. It will kind of look like TOS. Oh, this is but, interesting. But okay. a little bit earlier, so something in between Enterprise and TOS. You know, it's funny, watching Enterprise again the other night, it was like, man, there is no color in this show. It looks like the whole thing was filmed through a gray lens. Oh, I know. It's horrible. It's terrible. So it can't be that, but I guess it won't be every bright color and design detail of the sets and the uniforms as Mm -hmm. it is in TOS. It's going to be something close to that, but not exactly that, which makes sense, you know, if it's 10 years before. So I get that. Okay. Um, He says, we are not subject to broadcast standards and practices, so all kinds of stuff could happen or could be said, so who knows what the language is going to be like. Uh That's kind of interesting. He teases that Amanda Grayson might be in there. I saw that. So, like, who are they going to get to play her? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, On the lead not being a captain, he says, we've seen six series from the captain's point of view. One of the alien characters is named Saru, S-A-R-U. Does not say what kind of alien that person is. Mm -hmm. There will be robots. Also, you can bend space and time. So time travel? I don't know. Uh, Sources tell us that the rest of the cast will also feature an openly gay actor to play one of the male leads. So that's nice. A female admiral a male Klingon captain, a male admiral, a male advisor, and a British male doctor. Okay. So, okay, go through those again, Okay, please. so there's going to be a, a female admiral. All right. Fine. A male Klingon captain, so the Klingons are going to be there. Yeah, but we don't like them at that point. That's right. That's yes. exactly right. Okay. okay. A male admiral, uh-huh. a male advisor... And a British, I don't know why he's British, a British male doctor. Give him a big hand, he's British. (laughs) 
also I was a little disturbed by the they're mentioning two different admirals because uh-huh. like please don't get us involved in Starfleet politics because I don't care about that. Right, right. But who knows what that means? Um, so so the, that's all of the information. Now the big thing that he said is. The incident at the center of Star Trek Discovery is something that was mentioned in TOS, Uh but never fully explored. Okay? And he was very careful to say, it's not the Romulan War, and it's also not Axanar. Wow. Well, to me, there are two big questions here. Okay. One is that. Mm Mm-hmm. What is the event? What is the event? And I'll have to dig out my Star Trek chronology. And well, look. I happen to have it right oh, here. Okay, you're prepared. <laughs> the other one is, what is the uh, position of this female lead? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe first officer, not necessarily science officer. Right, right. So lieutenant commander could be a lot of things, right? Yes, could I, be head of engineering. Could be anything. Yeah. I don't know. Head of security. Um, head of security. Uh, I'm very happy that it's a woman. That's really nice. Yes. He also said that it's not going to be about the Kobayashi Maru, which people have speculated was a real event that inspired the, the training module. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, I got out my Star Trek chronology thinking to myself, how nice it is that when you're the fan of a series like this, you can just walk over to your bookshelf and pull out a book that's entirely devoted to the timeline of Star Trek. <laughs> yes, isn't that good? So what are the possibilities? Okay, so according to the Star Trek chronology, which was written by uh, Michael and Denise Akuda, so that's about as authoritative as you yes, get. Yes, yes. Um, and I love that. I have one too. Yeah. Um, Captain Kirk takes command of the Enterprise in 2264. Okay, so 2259. Right. No, wait. 20, Is it 10 years or 5 years? He said 10 years. Okay, okay. So about 2254. And let's not hold him to exactly 10 years, right? It's going to be around that. Let's not get that bad. So I'm going to go back to 2250, just for kicks. Okay. So 2250, a lot of stuff happens. Kirk enrolls in Starfleet Academy. Conjecture, you know, we don't know exactly that's when it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. He serves on the Republic around that time based on the stuff that was given in court martial axonar happens around that time but fuller said it's not going to be axonar so i guess we'll put that aside um he meets mitchell obviously um and in apparently in 2250 the starship enterprise under the command of captain april returns from the first five-year voyage and starts retrofitting hmm okay okay so moving right along, nothing really happens in 2251. 2252 is when Spock starts serving aboard the Enterprise under Pike. Um, Charlie X is the survivor of a spaceship crash, and he is cared for by the, the aliens. Maybe something with that. Um, 2253, Spock graduates from Starfleet Academy. Uh McCoy graduates from medical school. 2254, Kirk graduates from Starfleet. He's assigned to the Farragut, so that's when obsession happens. Mm -hmm. And um, here's the thing. Uh, USS Enterprise, under the command of Pike, is involved in a violent conflict on Rigel 7, and some of the crew members are injured. This was mentioned in the cage. Yes. And then the events of the cage happen, supposedly in that year also. Uh, 2255, no, there's some stuff mentioned, uh, from TNG, so that's not going to count. Are you sure? What, he said it was an event that was mentioned in TOS. Oh, okay. All right. So I, I'm taking his word, like, this is what he said. Okay. Well, we'll we'll go with that. You know, unless he is deliberately misleading us, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe he is. Um, and then we're moving up now, 2257. Um, that's when the Caridian Company gets started from Conscience of the King. Mm-hmm. 2261, complete, the Enterprise completes its second five-year mission. And uh, 22, yeah, 2261 is also when the Beagle crashes on the Bread and Circus's planet. Oh. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Uh and that's also when the last message from Corby's archaeological expedition is received from XO3. 
and that's kind of it. So, huh. I, and like, so what could it be? I don't know what it could be. Um, there's been a lot of speculation that it's got to have something to do with the Klingons, given the fact that they've said that there's going to be a Klingon character on the uh-huh. show. But like you were just saying, at that point, we weren't working with the Klingons. Yeah. You know, unless yeah. this is some completely top secret, uh, you know, nobody knew about this. Well, he did say somewhere that it, although there's been speculation in this line, it did not, it does not involve Section 31. So right. it's so, not a like a spy thing or yeah, because that would that's the only way it would make sense, you know. Yeah, uh, he he the way they're crafting this since it's so close to TOS, is anything that happens in this show has to be reflected in TOS or at least something that they would mention, right? And you know, there's a fair amount of Klingon interaction, and Kirk would have mentioned at some point, you know, oh, this thing happened with the Klingons recently. But he never says that because yeah. there's nothing going on with the Klingons aside from these, you know, scattered interactions that they have with them. Yeah. Well, you know, some of those events, like, um, well, I'm trying to think of one. But, it, okay, some of the events you mentioned, we don't know much at all about them. Mm-hmm. And so it's quite possible that there may have been some Klingon involvement. Yeah. And so if it's something like, um, who was Robert April, Captain yeah. April, finishes uh-huh. the first five-year mission. Was that one of them? Something like that? Yep, yep, that happened. So we don't know what kind of information he brought back. Possible, yeah. It, somewhere else, I can't find the exact quote um, from Fuller, so I'm paraphrasing here, mm-hmm. but he said something like, it's an event that was mentioned in TOS, and it's something that every TOS fan would be familiar with. So I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? Well, is it the, the incident, whatever it was, that ended up with Pike in the wheelchair? That could be. I mean, that uh, with the Telosians, but he also says it was never fully explored, and it felt like... I don't know, they did a whole episode about it. That felt pretty explored to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, wow. I, I don't know. I'm I'm really confused. So, like, I read through my chronology. I went on the internet. I looked to see what people were saying. There's a huge amount of discussion all over Reddit and places like that. Mm-hmm. And so far, I have not encountered a Jeez. theory that I particularly like. If it was 10 years after TOS, I could think of a million things. Yeah. That, you know, they were going back to see... What actually is going on with these people now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the disappearance of the Beagle, I think, has real possibilities. Mm-hmm. It could also be the Charlie X thing, you know, because uh, it's a planet, you know, we don't really know much about what happened, right? His, his The ship was there, the, the colonists were there, rather, and then uh-huh. they all died, and then the, the you know, the Q-type aliens <gasps> came and took care of him. So maybe it's, it's it has to do with the Q? I don't know. Hey. Yeah, theory. Got a theory? Well, in Where No Man, uh-huh. there was another ship that went to the edge of the galaxy <gasps> before and oh. suddenly became interested in ESP and then blew itself up. Oh, yeah. That could be. Oh, boy, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Ooh. Okay, I like your theory much better than any other theory that I've read so far. <laughs> well, you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta put a certain amount of value in the fact that I was right a whole year in advance about how Boston Legal would end. Yes, that's true. You, you were on the money for that one. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I trust you. Wow. <laughs> I totally trust you, man. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you. No, well, you're smart. You can figure these things out. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm a very smart, stupid person, <laughs> as oh, I you're frequently very, very smart. say. See, I would never have thought of that. I, I was thinking uh, totally in terms of like alien encounters and, you know, like the Beagle, crash ships and things, and the, but I yeah, never thought about that. I know. I didn't either. But then suddenly mm. I, I was, I don't know. I mean, because they do, they do all throughout TOS mention, well, there was another ship in this area, and it yep. reported blah, 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 you know. Yep. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay, I like that. I like that theory very, very much. Well, once you start thinking about it didn't necessarily happen in the things that are in the chronology, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of those things don't have dates, you know, like right. like that or... I, 
where, it's, where, so where was the planet eater before they they ran into it you know yeah it, you know you are so right about these things like i oh now i feel stupid because no. i was being i was being so literal about this i Me was too. thinking it had to be an event that happened 10 years but no of course not it could just be an event that happened before not that it happened 10 years before. yeah 10 years is oh. when they had their act together enough to go investigate it oh, or whatever okay now i need to rethink this completely so there it, are a lot oh, of oh there are so many things it could be so lot. many things yeah okay you're smart, and now I need to spend my evening thinking about this. Yeah. By the way, the ship that disappeared on the, the edge of the galaxy was called the Valiant. Yes. And it was lost 200 years <gasps> earlier, Ooh. which seems a little weird. I, I think they were kind of off in, in saying that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, one we'll... of the things that's going to be interesting, though, since it's set in the Prime Universe and, uh, you know, 10 years before Kirk takes command of the Enterprise, mm-hmm. um. We have more advanced technology now than Kirk had. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering how they're, you know, what are they going to do about that? I don't know. I, th- there's a lot of ways that it could go. There's a lot of ways that, that things could go. So, example, um, in the cage, uh-huh. number one, for example, wore pants. But then in TOS, mm-hmm. everybody wore, all the women wore skirts. So yeah. what are we going to see? Is it going to be a mixture? Like, how yeah. are they going to handle that? Because it would yeah. be really weird if all of the women wore mm-hmm. mini skirts in this. I just yeah. don't think they could pull that off. You know, even though I think this um, this particular area of Star Trek has almost been overmined, it could even be something to do with the eugenics war. Mm-hmm. That's true. It could be a, a spacey type of, of thing, mm-hmm. although obviously not that exactly. Oh, man, now I'm going to have to, like, go through every episode and think about this. <laughs> and then go, what did they talk about? What did they talk about? What yeah. did they mention? That became yeah. a thing later on. Yep, that. Okay. When did butter knives become lethal? <laughs> <laughs> when, when did? No, that was recent. I was thinking about... Um, naked time but that happened really recently right that was only like a couple of years before they did it so the other thing of course is that since it takes place so close to tos they could presumably have those characters show up well he said something about that somewhere maybe not in the thing you just read Mm -hmm. but he was saying we don't want to do it right at the beginning he said but but they could they could characters that we're familiar with so yeah so that would Mm -hmm. be like I, I don't know. Would they do it? Would they have Kirk in there? I don't think they could. I think then we'd have three Kirks running around. I think that would be a mistake. Like if yeah. they're going to borrow anybody from TOS, they have to be more minor characters that we just didn't see a lot mm-hmm. of. Because to yeah. bring in a, a major character, it would spoil it, wouldn't it? Right. I would think so. Yeah. And a lot of those major characters, their history is fairly well documented. So yeah. for them to suddenly turn up on this other ship. Mm-hmm. And also, so many of them were quite young. Yeah. So 10 years, just, yeah. it, it wouldn't work. It would have to be yeah. somebody a little bit older. Well, maybe, I mean, it could be somebody like Matt Decker, I suppose. Oh, Matt Decker. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love a that episode. Matt, yeah. yeah. A young Matt Decker. Yeah. That could be good. Um, I wanted to, to, to mention something that you just reminded me of. Yes. When we were talking about the eugenics war. Um, I read an article, and I didn't link it you know to do on the show or anything but it was called what the the new star trek movies got right and what they got wrong and it was actually a very very interesting article because mm, i cool. found myself in agreement with a lot of things uh-huh. but one of the things that it mentioned that they got wrong that i just I, it never occurred to me was okay in their second movie which was a remake of wrath of uh, khan uh-huh they they said you know benjamin Cumber. Benjamin Benedict Cumberbatch is an excellent actor, but he's not only a white actor, he's the whitest actor. Yeah, it's true. But the thing they pointed out was um, the history of the character was that he was a Sikh. And Mm. yes, in TOS, he was played by Ricardo Montalban, but that I just never thought of it this way. That was another ethnic barrier TOS broke, which was to have an ethnic character, any ethnicity, mm-hmm. actually go up against the hero white guy and be as strong, mm-hmm. if not stronger, more powerful, more intelligent. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah, and it got me thinking about, you know, of course, when they had Dr. Daystrom, he was, hey, Daystrom inventing the thing he invented before the 
Remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The- so, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. Like, they, they, and they didn't comment on it, right? Like with no. Daystrom, nobody was like, hey, he's a black guy. Right, right, <laughs> right. So, yeah, it, you know, now that I'm thinking that about it. That could be the terms, inst- No, but remember, uh, prior to inventing the M5, what was his uh-huh. big scientific breakthrough earlier when he was a young man? Oh, did he invent the positronic circuits? Something. He now invented something that mm-hmm. was a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, now there's like a million possibilities. Yeah. Wow. Let's see. I, I had to look him up. Um, mm-hmm. He made the duotronic breakthrough. That, that was won it. him the Nobel Prize. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, whatever that was, that could be <laughs> the, the breakthrough that lets them bend space and time. Yeah, and he devoted his full vigor to the development of the multitronic computer system, and that yes. was what M5 was. Yeah. Yes. So one other thing that uh, came up with this, the mention of robots, mm-hmm. or, or robots, as I like to say, like Zoidberg from Futurama. <laughs> okay. Robots. Because that's the way Isaac Asimov said it, robots. Oh, okay. Um, robots, right? Okay. There weren't a lot of robots running around the Star Trek universe prior to Data, Mr. Dater. Well, he was an android. Yeah, well, it's still a robot, right? Isn't oh, to me, robot? there's a distinction. Okay, all right. Well... I think I think they're saying robots like androids, I think. Okay. Otherwise, it's just not very interesting unless they've got some kind of consciousness. So who are the, the robots that we knew that were running around in TOS? Well, they were Harry Mudd's robots. Harry Mudd's robots. We don't know anything about how they were created or who created them. Yes. There was so, um, Dr. Corby's robots. And Dr. Corby's robots. So either of those would make very interesting stories. Mm-hmm. To find it. Because that, that was always a big thing, right? Like, Harry Mudd's on this planet with all these robots, and then they, they're going to go back to prepping the planet. But presumably... You know, they're going to go out there and people are going to use them. They're going to do stuff and become well, part of and the And apparently Federation. those robots had the ability to download your personality into this yeah. new body so you could live forever. Yeah. So I'd like to know how they got there and yeah. who made them yeah. and all the rest of that. So, so you're not thinking it's just like a high-tech Roomba. No, not a, <laughs> not a Roomba. Definitely okay. not a Roomba. Even one that goes up and down stairs because they haven't managed that yet. No, and I'm hoping that also it's not the kind of, like, 2001 um, killer robot. Well, that was a killer computer. <laughs> a killer, but but he had robotic capabilities because he could true. control things. That's in the ship, true, so, yeah. So, I mean, robot mm. covers a lot of things. Anyway, it does. I would, just, I would love to see more exploration of either Corby's androids or the Harry Mudd androids because that would be mm-hmm. fascinating. The thing is, some of those... Like, I think both Corby's androids and MUDs mm-hmm. are, are news to, to Kirk and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So if, if this other crew is somehow involved in finding out they're there and how they came about, that, that, that kind of stretches things a little. True, but depending on where they end up, you know, it, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be like a Voyager thing, but maybe they go someplace that's far away and they're not able to communicate this information back for some period of time. Could Who knows? be. You know, it's a little weird that he dropped that thing about time travel, you know, bending space mm-hmm. and time. Like, oh, I don't know about that. Don't turn it into Doctor Who, please. Yeah. I want to see them yeah. like zipping from time to time. That that would not be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, wow, I'm really glad we've talked about this because now my mind is very open to all these different possibilities. Oh, yeah. It could be anything. It could be anything. So many things. Okay. Well, I'm going to think about it and I'm going to make a list of maybe like my top five possibilities. Okay. And then perhaps, you know, next time when we're together, we can can go up against each other and argue for which ones we think are most interesting (laughs) and most likely. That would be fun. Okay. We'll have rock'em sock'em scenarios. We will. We definitely will. Cool. Well, I think that about wraps it up. And of course, listeners, we would love to know if you have thoughts about what the event could possibly be. Yes. And what your rationale is. Please uh, show your work and provide us with some bullet points that we could go over <laughs> or perhaps a PowerPoint presentation if you could give the time to put that together. That would be really good. And um, gosh, the next show might actually be from Chicago. I think it will be. I'm pretty yeah. sure of that. 
So we are going to be having a whale of a time. We've got so many things planned. It's going to be amazing. Yep. <laughs> it certainly will. Yeah. So uh, as always, thank you very much for all of your uh, responses on Facebook and your tweets and retweets and comments and everything. You're just such wonderful listeners. We love you all so much. Yes, and do continue to send us things. Uh, like uh, we didn't actually say thank you to Captain Ho for the, the Fenway clip, but um, that was wonderful. Yeah. So, so we will be talking to you again soon from Chi-Town. From Chicago. And then we're going to be seeing Bill. Yeah. And that's going to be great. Okay. I can't wait. Oh. All right. Thank you, listeners. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.